Hey podcast listeners, here's a question to consider. How many lies does a person have to tell in order to become a liar? Pastor Mike Signorelli has an answer to this question straight from the Word of God. This is episode one of the V1 Church series called Insignificant Others. Let's join him right now for a message called The Truth About Lying. And stick around because I have an important message just for you at the end of this broadcast. Hey, welcome V1 Church. I wanna welcome everyone watching around the world. Go ahead and drop a comment right now with where you're watching from. Our team loves to welcome you in the comments and we love to see all the locations represented. We started the vision for this season of transforming from a three location church to a thousand locations, which means every home, every hospital, every college dormitory, wherever you are, we wanna welcome you today. As a matter of fact, we're starting a new series and I know that God has already done some incredible things in this service, but you cannot and should not click off this video because it's so much more than a video. It's an encounter with God. It's him speaking directly to you. So go ahead and get your Bibles ready. Turn your television all the way up. Turn your iPad up, turn your phone up, put the do not disturb on. God's gonna speak. We're starting a new series right now today called Insignificant Others. And you know, it's very common to say, oh, this is my, this is my significant other. But we're kind of living in this time where we're more connected digitally, but less intimate relationally. And it's possible to be in a room full of people and yet not know them. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And so we're gonna talk about how it is possible for someone to go from being a significant other to an insignificant other. Somebody that's like with you or around you, but you don't truly know them. And so if you're watching, watching this and you're single and you're going through the dating apps and you're swiping in every direction and you're looking at profiles like you're walking down the produce aisle in the grocery store <laughs> and you're trying to figure out like, God, how do I make this selection? And uh, why are people not selecting me or selecting me? If you're married and you're like, I don't even know, it was hard enough being married before a global pandemic and an economic downturn and all this matters. I just wanna encourage you that God has a design for your relationships. Many of us have gone back to work or you've been furloughed and so your relationships have happened on Zoom, um, but maybe you're starting to interact with people and so I cannot tell you enough about how important this series is for you, especially if you are a human being and you are alive right now. So here's what I wanna do. I wanna start in Titus chapter one, verse two. It says this, and this is the letter of Paul to Titus. It says, in truth, which accords with a godliness. And then it says, in hope of eternal life, which God, who never lies, promised before the ages began. Paul is telling Titus, hey, God promised us eternal life and he never lies. But how many of you know, come on, give me an amen in the comments if you know people lie. People lie. We've got a couple of phrases in culture. One of them is, I'm just keeping it 100. Have you ever heard that phrase? I'm just keeping it 100. We've got another one where the, the Gen Zs now are saying no cap. I'm sure my daughter is like cringing right now even hearing me say it. Um, but when people, you know, say, oh, I did this or I just, you know, whatever, people say, oh, you're capping. That's a new thing. But in every culture, 
in every generation, there has been some sort of phrase that, that we all use collectively to indicate you're lying. You are lying because there's something offensive to human beings about lying. But here's what psychologists have discovered. Your average human being, and this is you watching right now. This is you in a watch party. This is you at someone's house. Your average person, all of us lies 25 times a day on average, 25 times a day. And so if you're thinking like, well, that couldn't possibly be true. You're lying. <laughs> And you know, we lie about stuff all the time. Here's one that we taught V1 Church to push past this lie. Hey, how are you doing? Your average response is, I'm fine, you're lying. You know, and actually you get a truer response when you ask a second time. So here's how it could sound. Hey, how are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. Hey, how are you doing? You'll get the truth the second time. You know, if you're taking notes, you can write that down. You get the truth often the second time. We are just built for lying. In our fallen nature, we lie all the time. And it was important for, for Paul to tell Titus, hey, you need to understand that God cannot lie. If he promised it, it's gonna come to pass. You know, you're probably in a situation in your life right now where you're like, God, what about the prophetic words? It almost seems as if you lied when you said it through that person. Were they wrong? Did they lie? Sometimes you can get into some situations in life that will make God seem like a liar. My, right now, you might be sick in your body watching this sermon thinking, wow, God, you said that by your stripes I am healed, but it seems like a lie when I look at my physical condition. Come on, you, you could be thinking to yourself, I know that you designed marriage, God, but when I think about the relationship that I have with my spouse, it almost seems like it wasn't a good idea for you to invent marriage. We can be in these situations that simply feel like God has lied. You know, we lie to each other all the time. As a matter of fact, many of us kind of have developed this imposter. And I was thinking about this in preparation for this message because the definition of lying is this. For those of you who are taking notes, you can write this down. To utter falsehood with an intention to deceive. To utter a falsehood with the intention to deceive. And so when we're communicating to people, is our intention to deceive? Even about our mood, even about how we feel, even about what's going on in our life, is the intention to deceive? Here's another definition for lying. To cause an incorrect impression. I like that one because many of you think, well, Pastor Mike, I don't really lie that much. Well, by the definition of to cause an incorrect impression, who are you lying to? You know, I'll put it like this, deodorant is a lie. It's not really how you smell. You don't wake up smelling like flowers. You don't wake up smelling like mountain musk. Deodorant is a global lie. It's all of us saying, if you knew how I truly smelled, you might not like me. All the time, I don't wanna step in it right now, but makeup is kind of a lie. <laughs> I'm just saying, makeup's a lie. It's giving an incorrect impression. You know, I'm just saying, I'm not, I'm just saying, guys, we've got our own problems, but like basically, <laughs> okay, let me wipe the sweat. It, to present a misleading appearance is to lie, is to lie. There's something about, about lying that prevents intimacy. There's something about lying that prevents true relationship. And you know, I'll put it like this, a lie is a lie. 
We live in an era where everybody is saying, well, this is just my truth. No, according to this, the standard of truth, it's a lie. And right now, it's more important than ever to reinstall a standard for the truth. Second Peter chapter three, verse eight says it like this. But beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is a thousand years and a thousand years is as one day. To put that in context, what was being written was, hey, I know it was prophesied that in the end times, Christ is gonna come back. And, and that is a truth because what feels like a long time to you is not a long time to God. And so it may seem as if God's lying, but you don't know the nature or the character of God. He cannot lie. And so it may be delayed, but you're not denied. Can I get an amen from anybody? And so even if it doesn't happen in your time, that doesn't make God a liar. And there's something that Peter had to remind. Let's, let's read more. Proverbs chapter six, four, verse 17 says this, lying is an abomination to the Lord. So if we're lying on average 25 times a day, I mean, we are literally offending watch the design that God's given us. We are created in his image and in his likeness. His character and attribute and personalities should be on the display in, in our lives. And so in our fallen nature, we continually and perpetually lie. And look at this, Proverbs chapter 12, verse 22. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but they that deal truly are his delight. They that deal truly are his delight. You know, I wanna preach something that's pretty unpopular right now. You can attend church for most of your life and never hear what I'm about to say because we've gotten to the point where even as pastors and preachers, we've distanced ourselves from the truth if it doesn't seem palatable to the people. But in Revelation chapter 21, verse eight, it gives the consequences of being a liar. Let me read this to you. Revelation 21, eight says, but the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice, practice magic arts, the idolaters and all liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of a burning sulfur and this is the second death. And so lying is so much more than just a consequence of being alive. It's so much more than something that we learn from our peers. Actually, lying has eternal consequences. In Revelation chapter 21, verse eight, it says that liars actually encounter the second death. And I'm sorry, and I know that you won't really shout me down right now from wherever you're watching, but I'm here to tell you that often freedom is on the other side of real truth. And, and real truth has to be preached in our pulpits around the world like never before. Because actually what the Bible says, Jesus was being asked like by his disciples, how will we know when we're getting to the end of the age? And Jesus responded back, everyone will begin to be offended. And the offended people will actually give rise to false teachers. Why? Because in their offense, they're gonna wanna hear what they wanna hear instead of hearing the truth. And so oftentimes the truth is a difficult thing to hear. Here's a question, how do I look? That's a hard thing to hear with an honest person in your life. Hey, how did I preach today? That's a hard thing to hear when you've labored over the words and they didn't quite come out right. Hey, how is worship today? You know, oftentimes the truth is the hardest thing to hear, but if you can learn how to be unoffendable, you can receive it and grow from it. 
There's something about the truth that is so important that God calls it an abomination to pervert or distort or misrepresent the truth. He hates lying. He actually hates lying. And it's because when you lie, you distance yourself from freedom. And so what's at stake beyond truth is freedom. And you can't get free until you get honest. Oh, come on, you can tweet that. You can post that on Instagram. You cannot get free until you get honest. John chapter eight, verse 44, it says, now watch, I'm just gonna tell you, we love singing about Father God. He, God, you are our Father. But these are the words of Jesus reminding you that you have a choice. There's only two fathers in this earth. Listen, you belong to your Father. This is Jesus talking, the devil. And you want to carry out your Father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning. Remember, Jesus said, if you hate your brother, you're a murderer. We've got a lot of hate happening online right now. We've got a lot of hate happening during a global transition in politics. And here specifically in the United States, there's a lot of murdering happening in relationships. It's hard to be in relationship with someone who hates. And he says, he was a murderer, Satan, from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. But watch this. When Satan lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of all lies. It's been said that we are never more like the devil than when we're lying. Got real quiet on set. We are never more like the devil than when we're lying. And I know this is a hard message, but it's impossible to talk about relationships without talking about honesty. One of the things that I encounter the most as a pastor is people who are willing to be honest with their friend about another person, but never be honest to that person. Come on. And and you're never more like, you see, like you're like your heavenly father when you tell the truth and you're like your demonic father when you tell a lie. And Jesus was drawing the line and said, he's the father of all lies. So if you continue in that behavior, you've chosen your alliance. But see, the thing about honesty is this, and I wanna just be really vulnerable to tell you about what I encountered. Proverbs chapter 13, verse five, and this is the wisdom of God. This is the wisdom of God. And if you wanna be wise and we need wisdom, we're in a world devoid of wisdom right now. Can you feel it? And all of the decisions that are being made and the way things are playing out in our world, we are in, we're living in, in a place where we have increased in our knowledge. Oh, Pastor Mike, I can Google it. Yeah, you can fact check me and you might have the facts, but you don't have the wisdom. And we're living in an era of conspiracy theories and we're living in an era of of the accumulation of information, but the absence of wisdom. And the wisdom of God says this in Proverbs chapter 13, verse five, a righteous man hates lying. We need righteous men and righteous women to rise up in the earth who hate lying, who stand for the truth. You know, I think what happens is that we lie so much to ourselves that actually we begin to portray God in our image. We lie so much to ourselves that we assume that God must be like us instead of us becoming more like God. And you know, oftentimes it takes our life getting so bad for us to finally start telling the truth. It takes things like literally the bottom falling out before we get so reckless. It's, it's actually why oftentimes it's those who are strung out on drugs. It's those who are, are like, I have no more money. I've stolen from my friends. I've cashed this in so I can buy more drugs. Those people start to get honest because they're like, I can't deodorize the funk of my own humanity anymore. 
Like I can't, it, it sometimes has to get so bad that you say, I have slept with so many people and have so many diseases that were transmitted as a result of, I've left, I've left such a devastation, a wake of devastation behind me that I can't even cover it up. The lump under the rug is so big, I can't deny it. And that's why you find in the story of Jesus Christ, it was the prostitutes. Come on. It was the tax collectors. It was the ones who said, my mess is so messy, I can't cover it up, that were the first to acknowledge the truth of the kingdom. Because when you are in, like, when you are in a lie lying about a lie, you distance yourself from the truth. And what I love so much about this kingdom is it's often the people who have messed up the worst that say, I couldn't even lie if I tried anymore. I got to that point. If you're watching right now, it's really easy to be like, man, I watch Pastor Mike live at lunch and I watch him preach and man, my life has been so blessed by him and, and, and I've got, gotten the testimonies from around the world, but there was a point where I reeked of alcohol. There was a point where I was so verbally and physically abusive in my marriage that I just got to the point where I couldn't hide the evidence of my own depravity anymore. I couldn't hide the evidence anymore of my own failure. And see, it was in that time that I learned the gift, watch this, the gift of honesty is freedom. The gift of honesty is freedom. And if you're ever going to have a true relationship with someone, you've got to get brutally honest with them. I remember when I was reconciling my marriage with my wife, I got to the point where things were so bad. She had moved out of the house, and, and at that time, we only had Bella, and Bella's 13 now, and she was a baby at the time, and Julie was living at her parents' house, and I remember being in counseling, and everyone had found out that Pastor Mike's wife had left. Pastor Mike's wife had left with the kid, and he's not in ministry, and he's drinking, and all the stories had permeated and saturated all of my circles to the point where I was finally able to start telling the truth about where I was and what I was going through. And as I begin to tell the truth, I remember being in counseling and finally begin, beginning to say, Julie, this is what I really need. I need you to be this kind of person. And Julie began to get honest and say, I need you to be this kind of person. And there was just this acknowledgement that the truth got us closer to real intimacy than fronting ever would. And I think that right now in the midst of a global pandemic, the Lord is trying to get the church to tell the truth in our homes. It's, it's not enough that we get together and we're like, man, look, this is my Sunday clothes and this is my Sunday attitude and this is my Sunday behaviors, but it never translates to Monday. And I pray real loud when I'm in the third aisle, but I could never pray like that in front of my wife at my house. And there was something about the accumulation of all the funk and all the mess in my life where I got to the point where I could finally start telling the truth. And that truth got me closer to real intimacy than I could ever imagine. And sometimes the truth is hard to hear. It's like when you get the truth, you've got to make a choice. What do you do with the truth? In Genesis chapter 25, we get this story about Jacob. In Genesis chapter five, you have Jacob. He's called the subplanter. In other words, the heel grabber. He is born, and even in his birth, he's already trying to engineer the situation to benefit himself as much as he can. If you're asking me, Pastor Mike, why do people lie? The reason why they lie is because they're trying to gain an advantage. And they think to themselves, if I tell the truth, I'm at a disadvantage. 
but if I lie, I still keep an advantage. And so Jacob, actually, his name does not directly translate as deceiver like many have preached. It's actually subplanter, which means to get up over somebody. And so in Genesis 25, we have this account that the way he was wired was always to try to get up over somebody, to always try to advance himself in such a way that he engineered the situation to benefit himself. You know, right now, I was asking my 13-year-old, uh, because a couple weeks ago, I was asked to preach at a youth event, and it had been a long time since teenagers asked me, like, specifically to preach to them. And I said, Bella, you're 13 years old. What should I tell Gen Z? What do they need to hear? And my 13-year-old daughter had enough wherewithal to say, tell them to stop chasing clout and start chasing God. And I was like, Bella, that's a mic drop moment. And she said, they're chasing clout because they want people to think they have money they don't really have. They're, they're buying clothes and they're, they're trying to present themselves in such a way that they have a status they don't really have. Online, we're, we're trying to get as many likes and affirmation and comments and we're trying to engineer and tilt the table, but all of it is just a big elaborate lie. Do you know that statistically, the more pictures you post of yourself in a happy marriage, the less happy your marriage really is? Do you know that? Studies have actually discovered that the more people post about their relationship, the more damaged their relationship really is. Because there's something inside of us that's a Jacob. It's a subplanter. It's a heel grabber. We want to grab the heels of those who we feel are in front of us and pull them back with us. It's why you don't get told you're doing a good job. Because to even congratulate you nowadays would actually mean to acknowledge that someone's up ahead of you. And so we lie. Oh, how was worship today? I was all right. But no, maybe it was better than that, but we have a hard time even congratulating people because we're always trying to grab their heels like Jacob and pull them back. See, Jacob got to a point in Genesis chapter 35 where he had to acknowledge something. Wait a second. My whole life, I've been tilting the table. The whole life, I've been trying to front. My whole life, I've been lying about who I am and what, I'm, what I really am. And you know what? If my designation is last, let me be last. And see, when he began to think like that, he was opening his heart to the real message of the Bible. As a matter of fact, he had this angelic visitation and he begins to wrestle this angel. And as he begins to wrestle this angel, he knows that he's in having an encounter with the supernatural. He knows that this is his opportunity to finally get the truth about what he really is and who he is. And as he began to wrestle, all of a sudden he began to say, my name is Jacob. I'm the subplanter. I'm the heel grabber. I'm the one who's always gonna try to get ahead by pushing other people down or aside. I'm always gonna try to present my life like it's more than it really is. But I'm willing to acknowledge the truth of what it really is. It almost was like Mike Signorelli sitting and counseling for my marriage saying, I can't hide it anymore. The beer cans are spilling out of the car when my wife goes to get in. I, I can't hide it anymore. I'm getting texts inappropriately from women while I'm in counseling with you right now. This is what I really am. I'm, I'm not what you thought it was. And see, here's the thing about being an imposter. Most of the times we never take off the mask. We just change the costume for each relationship. We never take the mask off. We just change the costume depending on the relationship. And when Pastor Mike needed to preach a fiery word, I put on my pastor costume. 
And then when Pastor Mike needed to be the marriage conference teacher, I just hugged my wife in front of an audience of people and put that costume on. And when Pastor Mike needed to be the musician to play a worship set, I put that, but I never really took the mask off, I just changed the costume. And, and the freedom that we have is to actually take the mask off in this moment and say, all I'm surrounded by is insignificant others because they don't know me and I don't know them because I've never been vulnerable with them. I've never been vulnerable. I've been vulnerable with my friend about them, come on, but I've never been vulnerable with them. And there's something about this message that is so needed right now more than ever. In this time of, of socially distancing, I, I, I can tell you that before this era, we were emotionally and mentally and spiritually distant. Churches breaking apart because people don't have enough confidence to say, what if the truth actually caused freedom and not a fraction? What if the truth actually caused deliverance instead of division? What if the truth was actually the very thing that set us free? And you know, when you think about God, you begin to find in scripture that God cannot lie. It's absolutely impossible for him to lie. And so if you don't understand that about God, then you may even hear the things that he says towards you and attribute it to all a bunch of lies. When he says that I know the plans that I have for you, plans not to harm you, but to prosper you. When he begins to tell you that he has a destiny and a purpose for your life, you can actually say, well, you know what, God? I know that I'm not faithful to my word, and so maybe you're like me. But it's in moments like this where we have to take the mask off and we have to say, God, you've never failed me. I'm here listening to this message right now because of your faithfulness. God, I, I can believe and trust in everything that you said because I know that you didn't get me this far just to get me this far. It was when Jacob said, I'm gonna acknowledge that I'm a liar, a subplanter, a deceiver. I'm gonna acknowledge what I really am. And it's when you hand your truth to God that he hands you the ultimate truth about you. One of the things that I think is coming out of this season, and it's such a rich season, is that those who went to church to, to just kind of like hang out with people, it's like the truth is being revealed in their motives right now. Are you a true worshiper? Doesn't the Bible say that they, those who worship me will worship me in spirit and in truth? And so if you needed a physical church service to be a worshiper, by God's definition of the truth of what a worshiper was, are you a worshiper? You know, it's one thing to dance in an aisle. It's another thing to dance in your living room. And there's an opportunity, the truth is being revealed in this time like never before. It's easy to feel like you're in relationship when you see everyone on a seven day interval, but do you call those same people when you're not gonna be in the same building every seven days? Do you have a real relationship or do you have a semblance of a relationship? It's easy to think that just because you sign a marriage license that you have a marriage. It's really easy to think that just because you covenanted to membership of a church that you actually have a church. But it's so much more than that. It's about acknowledging what we really are in this moment. And right now, and I love this, I'm a preacher, but I can't do this for you. You've gotta do this for you. You've gotta make up your mind that you are going to walk in the truth, whatever that means. Come on, right now, I wanna make a moment. Jacob wrestled with the angel. And as Jacob was wrestling, I think that really he was wrestling with the angel, wrestling with himself. 
and he was having an acknowledgement. And see, sometimes you'll go through this season where you feel like you're wrestling. As you're watching this right now, come on, let me know in the comments, is this for you? Is God speaking to you? Is the Holy Spirit speaking to you right now? All right, see, there's this time where you're not what you used to be, but you're not what you're supposed to be. You're wrestling. And some people right now are going through a, a global wrestling. The kingdom is going into a, a moment of wrestling. Like we've been saying revival, but we're not in revival in our personal life. Like we're not really where we're going right now, but, but we're not where we used to be. We're wrestling. I, I can imagine Jacob was in this moment where Jacob was like, I'm wrestling right now. I'm wrestling right now. And, and there's this, this hybrid history that you have where you're some of what you should be and some of what you used to be. But you know what I see? I see you coming all the way through in this wrestling moment. Some of you are not as sick as you used to be, but not as healed as you're supposed to be. But I hear that the Lord is doing a work inside of your body right now, and you're getting to the other side of this. Some of you, your relationship is not as bad as it used to be, come on, but it's not what it's going to be. But I hear the word of the Lord saying that it's going through a process right now, going through a process right now. Come on, see there's some healing that's instantaneous, and there's some healing that's progressive. And see, I believe that, that they're going through a progressive work right now. Come on, let's wrestle together with what the Lord is doing inside of you. Let's be those who tell the truth. Here's the truth. God, I am so much worse of a sinner than I could have ever imagined, but I am so much more loved by you than I could ever fathom. And it's that revelation that brings us into the truth. Come on, the Lord is doing something right now in your soul. Let it all out. God, yes, I'm addicted. Because when you can acknowledge you're addicted, you get closer to being free from addiction. God, I'm addicted. You're right. You got me, God. Let's wrestle until I get to the other side of this addiction. Yeah, God, I'm still working through my mess. I'm not who I should be, but I'm wrestling right now. Come on, let's just begin to pray. Wherever you're at right now, you can borrow my words. And then we're gonna sing this song. Because you're going through the wrestling right now. But see, here's what happened to Jacob. In Genesis 25, all of a sudden, the night began to turn to day. And as day was breaking, all of a sudden he struck his thigh and he said, no longer will you be called supplanter, deceiver. Jacob, you will be called Israel, my son. And he gave him his destiny. And all of a sudden, his name was changed but it was changed after he only acknowledged what he first really was. I wanna be in relationship with people where I say, hey, you know what, I've got to tell you the truth because then we can change the name over this relationship when I actually tell you the truth. I'm gonna tell you the truth because then we can actually get to the next step. I wanna be the kind of person that doesn't withhold the truth, but we releases the truth so that it can release me, Israel. And he began to walk out from that place you can leave this broadcast right now with a name change. But it's so much more. In the Hebrew tradition, you didn't just, your name was your nature. Your name was your nature. And so whatever your nature was became your name. And so when he got a name change, what happened was his nature changed first. I used to be known for how aggressive I was. And yet the Lord said, but I've called you to be gentle because that's a fruit of my spirit. And so some of us right now in this moment can actually have a nature change, not just a name change. Let's just begin to pray right now because we're gonna have significant others 
freedom through relationship. Father, I thank you for what you're doing in their hearts and their lives right now. I want you to borrow my words wherever you're watching from and just say this with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I give you my name so that you can change my nature. Heavenly Father, I wanna come into your truth so I surrender my truth. Heavenly Father, I'm giving you my history and my past so that you can give me a new name and give me a future. And Father, I thank you that you are moving and working through this wrestling. And Father, that I thank you that you are using this situation and you're gonna turn it all around for my good. Come on, somebody just shout, amen. Wasn't that great? Don't you wish Pastor Mike could teach you how to be a great leader? If you want to take your leadership skills to the next level, check out the V1 Leadership Academy on the V1 Church website or the V1 Church app. We're still accepting applications for the fall semester from people all over the world just like you.